Flower Bombs, Episode 2. We're going to talk about the world. Talk about what we do. How we do it. And what we need to do to get it accomplished. I mean, at the end of the day... We all have that human instinct to figure out what life's about and what we need to be doing. So we want to use our senses, we want to sometimes just shut our eyes and open our ears and our hearts and try to hear things a different way, maybe. End of the day, Flower Bombs is myself michael flowers i'm here to kind of ramble a little bit but also man i think give myself a little bit of a platform to connect with people that i don't know maybe i don't connect with so i'm gonna freeform this whole thing uh strap in buckle up i have no idea i wrote an outline out today because i wanted to figure out what episode was, episode two was going to be about and so i thought um what better thing to talk about than what's happening in my life which is kind of a uh, a reprogramming if you will and oof, it's i tell you it's been kind of tough to be honest with you um so again my name is michael flowers this is the flower bombs it's episode two and i'm in the studio so I'm technically, you know, in front of my gear. I can actually get a little warm and lovely with you here. Hey, do, how you doing? Um, but I'm recording. So it's different than episode one. And I, I just want to make sure that you guys stick around for the next 15, 20 minutes. That's really all I'm going to try to put out there. Um, it's about 730 in California, my time. So I'm going to I'm going to get right to it. Um one of the things I, that I am very intrigued by and that I think about often is the term neuroplasticity. And I am going through some things right now that are driving me crazy. And I think most of that is in reference to my reprogramming that is happening. So I'm going to dedicate the episode two of the flower bombs to it's just reprogramming. And first I want to start out with that word neuroplasticity because at the end of the day, like a lot of people, it may be a weird word for people. And I don't want it to be weird. So let's do the Google thing. So I pulled up, I'm on my computer right now, like literally stretching some shit out. I'm going to read the brain's ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections throughout life. That's neuroplasticity. It allows the neurons or the nerve cells in the brain to compensate for injury and disease and to adjust their activities in response to new situations or to changes in their environment. <clears throat> I'm going to repeat that. 
Neuroplasticity allows the neurons in the brain to compensate for the injury and disease and to adjust their activities in response to new situations or to changes in their environment. That means changes in the environment and new situations force the brain to adjust their response levels. And just as traumatic injury and disease affects the human body, we know how to heal ourselves. So neuroplasticity to me right now for the next 15 minutes is how I'm living my life right now in comparison to something that I did in the past that is old and now I'm new. So therefore I am reprogramming myself. And as humans, we we've constantly do that, right? So we're, we're moving along our own plane and our own path and our own energy, um, elating and doing the things we do along that path, right? We, we meet different people along those paths. We see them, we hear them, we talk to them in certain environments and, and places that we put ourselves. And so therefore we can engage those folks and every situation is new. What's funny or what's unique maybe to think about is how we become accustomed to occurrences, right? So as humans, we become programmed to the things that make us who we are. We have these things called habits and hobbies. And man, I can tell you right now, I'm one of those people that enjoys my habits and my hobbies. It is a routine that I can get up into and make myself feel as if I'm accomplishing tasks, check one, two, three, on a subconscious level, right? Because we want to be in flow. Mahalia uh, Sensimus Haga, I don't even think I'm saying that right. Um, he's the author of the book called Flow, and I think the second edition is called Finding Flow. Um, Sesent, I don't know how to say his name. He's great. It's a long name. Um, <laughs> But I think we're all trying to find the flow, right? And, and in, in, in framework of this conversation, which is neuroplasticity and reprogramming the mind and what is allowing our neurons or our nerve cells in our brain to compensate for new situations, then we have to think about where we're at most of the time. And a lot of people will describe that as self-awareness, right? So, man, I think the first part of this this episode is really just talking about self-awareness, right? Because if there is going to be a new situation in our life and something that we are going to have to respond to, which is the neuroplasticity in our brain, whether it's traumatic or not, or planned or by choice, we got to prepare ourselves. What, the thing that we can't prepare for is the unknown, right? The unknowable. We can only prepare ourselves to how we will respond in that moment. What's interesting though on the other side of that is actually pro trying to reprogram yourself during a planned event. So this is why I'm going to make it personal. So for, for me right now, I am going through a huge retransformation or a rebirth or something. I don't know. You come up with your own name. But what's happening is I just spent 14 years in corporate America uh, programming myself to be a very successful um, spine consultant in the medical device field and i'll come back to healthcare and my part in the corporate america in, a, uh, in another episode but right now i want to focus on what's going on in my life in regards to transformation so i moved to los angeles in 2000 and i moved to la 
um, to explore myself. I was going to take a sabbatical on the mission that was presented to me by others around me. Those adults that were guiding me um, were telling me that I had these skills and these things that I had to go and do and therefore I would be successful by doing and that was driving me freaking crazy. So none of that made sense. Age 24, I packed up, drove east for a hot minute, hang out with my friends in Atlanta. Big shout out to the uh, freak. What was the name of that crew? I don't even remember. It was 2000. Uh, we're in Atlanta with the Cape Sandblast. Um, I digress. But the thing about moving to California was trying to reprogram my life. And so that moment of sabbaticalness or selfishness or decision making was a pretty significant physical challenge, right? But it was also very planned. Um, and to relate that decision to move to California and why I guess I'm bringing it up now is because here I am in a planned situation. It's um, April, mid-April mid 2019 and <clears throat> my last day in corporate America was February 15th. So me as a human have made this this conscious choice to reprogram myself. So the hardware and the software getting redone. That I think is kind of the framework that I'm struggling with right now because, and this is probably the tangent of A, B, and C in this conversation, which is who, who cares? Well, man, I'll tell you what, man, I've had these, these, these things happen recently in my life um, that I've had to make choices on how to deal with them, right? So I've had some good friends of mine and I start another podcast. Shout out to Cali Country Podcast. I'm going to say Cali Country. That is everything that is country in California. Cali Country Podcast. Some good friends of mine, Derek Riker, Graham Bunn. Love those guys. Uh, we're doing this podcast and um, we're sitting down talking about California culture and, and, and these things we're trying to like make a shift. It's part of my shift away from corporate America. It's part of my shift into figuring out why I want to be more um, dedicated to output in the creative world, dedicated to going back to the skills that I had that brought me to California. Um, but the point being is that I'm, I'm in this position now with my friends, Derek and Graham doing this other podcast. And I'm, I'm trying to reprogram myself to do it with old tools, with old hardware. So here I am human. My human hardware is a lot older than my physical hardware. So the hardware is not compatible. I mean, not only is the actual physical literal hardware not compatible, but the human in the hardware is not compatible. Some things are fucking up. Sorry for the F-bomb. Some shit has been fucking up. Man. So I'm going to take a quick break right now. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about um, what it's like to have faced some of the physical problems that hardware comes into play. When we talk about neuroplasticity, I'm kind of rambling on. I'm going to take a hot minute. Come back. See you in a minute. One look. <laughs> Flower Bombs, episode two. We're back. Um, talking about hardware, right? So, man, um, I just went through, I guess it'll be about six weeks of some issues, right? Trying to reprogram my mind to understand how to program my creative output. 
And what's happening is that I was using some old hardware, man. I got a, like a 2005 uh, <laughs> PowerBook um, by Mac. I had a 2012 macbook pro that just went crash kabooey and i was using that with my pro tools le i had this old digi design hardware um o2 rack double o2 rack for those digi tech nerds out there and um I was recording things. My DAW was all messed up because I was having to pull out some old hard drives and plug those things in and they weren't getting powered up by my computer, my old OS. At the end of the day, I was utilizing old hardware with new concepts and new ways of thinking and doing things. And man, it just wasn't working out. I had some really bad things happen, man. Like really disappointing so much to where I let myself and my friends down. And that sucks, man. Because if there's anything that I I take 100% serious, it's priding myself and my abilities and my efforts to take care of myself and my friends. My friends are my family, and these boys are my family, and I love these motherfuckers. So I've had some real big mess-ups, two of them. But one is enough. So let's skip past the mess-ups because these guys, my loving friends have forgiven me. They're moving past that and into the future as we reprogram ourselves. And this is the thing that we're doing with Cali Country as we have now found ourselves with a new studio, with new gear. We sure have some seven Bs and three of them to be a matter of fact. Focus right, 18 AI8s. I got a freaking Soundcraft Signature 10 over here mixing shit down. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I have bought brand new XLR cables, brand new USB cables, the connections, the hardware, the things that we need to capacitate the things that we are doing, we're done. We're done now. And it took a minute. It took a minute. So think about it, pause for a second and go, damn, man, fuck, what the hell was going on the last six months that I didn't have my cloud lifters and my focus right through my XLRs and getting my shit into Logic 10 through my new iMac Pro with these sure SM7Bs in my guest bedroom and get this thing soundproof so that my homies sound good, right? Like we want to sound good. We want... We want the passion, the energy to come through, but I don't have to be thinking about the problems. So, so let's circle back to what we're talking about. Neuroplasticity, reprogramming hardware, right? Humans, we are that hardware. We are the beings. We are the vessel of all things coming in, sun and moon and light and energy and conversations through our ears and our faces and our nose and the senses we got. All I got in my studio is a bunch of new hardware and it sounds fucking good. It sounds really good. It sounds so good. I'm, I'm going to get up on it. it. sounds really good. It sounds so good that I'm doing my own podcast now. And I'm describing this change. So humans, as hardware, as vessels, as atoms that we are, uh, ooh, I digress. I read this book in college. So I went to college in 1992. It was a fall of 92. Met one of my best friends, Pete Lobo there, uh, University of Central Oklahoma. I ended up joining a fraternity called Sigma Tau Gamma. Shout out to Toby Simpson, those hooligans that got me to join. 
point being, one of the first things I did when I showed up was try to spend all my, my scholarship money because fortunately I was very blessed to have, to come from a, a broke family that had nothing. <laughs> it forced me to work my ass off for everything I got. That being said, when I had to go to college, I paid for everything, right? So I had to get all kinds of scholarships and what have you and athletics and natives and academics was my big one. So I got a four-year academic ride to University of Central Oklahoma, um, the president's leadership scholarship. Governor uh, George Nye was the first year of his presidency. I uh, was on his scholarship there. I think there was maybe six, seven, eight of us that came in at the time. And um, I had all the silver scholarship money to buy books and stuff from. And one of the books that I bought, I remember it was called Atoms Versus Bits. And I don't remember... I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it's still out there. I can't remember anything about it. But the, the thing that I dis, distinctly do remember is the mission or the definition or the framework of what I read. I was blasting through books, man. At that time, you get a book, you read it in a week, you forget it the next month. It's like, did I take a test on it? I hope so because am I passing? <laughs> so Adams versus Bits is very simple. It is this. It is the the movement of technology into human culture, lives, socioeconomic situations, and education, and making things more efficient and reducing the static that we interface with, right? So if you look at a book and you're like, okay, well, I was in 1992, I was getting introduced to computers. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a cell phone at this time. So at the, we were in the process at 1992 of describing atoms versus bits in a way of like computers. Like, do you have the ability to save a document into a computer and then look at it versus printing it off or typing it and using paper and ink and, and pens and like literally writing versus computers? Literally. I mean, I, I don't know. That was it. So atoms versus bits is kind of just that that format of understanding or the framework that was like, okay, well, we're reprogramming ourselves. It took this neuroplasticity conversation early in my life before I even understood the definition of it and it kind of framed it up. Hardware, right? The capacity. Software is a little different. Human software is the brain, right? So there's no there's no informality about it. It's nerves and a big gelatinous thing and a skull um, firing nerves that are making us move muscles and make decisions in our prefrontal cortex um, to do stuff. <laughs> so you want to talk about emotional intelligence and um, some of that other stuff, we'll move into that later on. But right now on episode two, I want to just wrap this up by talking about the the software side of neuroplasticity which is the reprogramming right if you're sitting down on a computer and you're going to update your software it usually takes about as fast as your ram can process it huh right so we'll just say that if you've got 32 gigs of ram like my new imac pro you're going to process some stuff pretty fast you're going to be able to process it if you don't then you're not um and that's the same thing with humans. Um, when, you're, when you reprogram your software, you have to have the capacity or the bandwidth to be able to accept the new changes, right? Some people are very 
prone to change. Some people resist change. There are words like stubborn in the world or conservative or whatever you want to use to the people that have a real resistance to nuance and new things or modernism or um, anything new. But that is the nature of progression. And um, I'm going to move into a lot of these conversations in, in further episodes. I cannot wait to get my best friend and new roommate, Derek Riker, back here to talk about healthcare. We align on so many things. Um, and, and we'll talk about how to reprogram uh, hardware and software and humans a lot with the ideas we have for healthcare. And I'm going to save that. So just please come back. Episode three or four, I'm going to have Derek back and we're going to talk about that. But as we close this up on episode two, Flower Bombs, and the software and the hardware and the human connection on neuroplasticity and what we're trying to do, I just want to remind ourselves a little bit about what we're talking about, okay? Don't don't fool yourself. Go to Google because our brains are truly amazing. I mean, there are specialists out there um, who can observe people who experience amazing unexpected recoveries after traumatic pain injuries, strokes, and other brain damage. Some of these stories seem like their only explanation in magic. It could be called religion. Hmm. Pause on that. End of the day, the term neuroplasticity, it was first used by a Polish neuroscientist named Jerry Konorski or something in the 1950s, maybe just 1948 or something. And it was used to describe the observed changes in neural structure. Basically, the neurons are the cells that make up our brains. So that whole structure is changing. And why is it changing? And how is it changing? It wasn't widely used until the 1960s or 70s, but the idea goes way back, even further. Um, guys like Damarian and Morovic and Benet, I mean, the father of neuroscience, which is Santiago Ramon Cajal, I mean, he talked about neuroplasticity in the early 1900s, but he recognized it in contrast to current belief at the time that brains could indeed change after a person reached a certain adulthood. So experience and um, I would say, oh, there's my boys, Graham Bond and Derek Riker group text. I love you. Um, all I'm going to say is that for many decades, it was thought that the brain was non-renewable organ, right? That the brain's cells were bestowed in an infinite amount that they slowly die as we age, whether we attempt to keep them around or not. And as Ramoni Cajal said, and I quote, in adult centers, the nerve paths are something fixed, ended, immutable. Everything may die. Nothing may be regenerated. And that's, I mean, really? This research found that there are ways for the brain cells to die and other ways for them to adapt and reconnect and perhaps even ways for them to grow and replenish. This is what's known as neurogenesis. So although related, neuroplasticity and neurogenesis are two different concepts. Neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to form new connections, right? Reconnect and with pathways and change how its circuits are wired. Neurogenesis, on the other hand, is even more amazing because it's the ability of the brain to grow new neurons, completely new ones. So think about that. You have all these nerve endings in your brain, right? You either reconnecting or growing new ones. 
So even the new ones can reconnect and do the neuroplasticity thing. So neurogenesis is the real hero here. We're going to end by saying, take five or 10 minutes to contemplate on what we've, we've talked about today. Um, let's think about what we're trying to do sometimes when we make decisions. Are we trying to reprogram ourselves as humans? Are we trying to reprogram our hardware, our software to make better choices? Or are we trying to get physically more fit? Like, what are the things that we're doing to ourselves and how are we going to change that getting older? Because experience, age, education, all those things come into play. And your brain is just literally a hub growing new neurons, neurogenesis, and connecting ones that aren't connected and unconnecting the ones that shouldn't be there, neuroplasticity. I'm Michael Flowers. This is Flower Bombs, episode two. I hope you had some good times talking about neuroplasticity with your friends in the future. And I uh, hope you tune in and check out episode three. I don't know what it's going to be about because I just rambled here for a little bit, but I'm just happy for still here. I'll be back. One love.